So we are starting a new worship series called The Call of Christmas, and uh, this worship series takes a look at how God calls on the lives of certain people to make the Christmas event happen. And uh, uh, so the way God does that is through angels. God uses angels to speak into the lives of people uh, in this particular, in these cases. Um, angels are simply, the word angel simply means messenger. And so angel doesn't have to mean an ethereal being with wings and all of that. It can mean anybody that says something to you that strikes you as, wow, I hear Christ in that. And that's a message. It's a messenger bringing that. It could be circumstances or whatever. But we're going to look at angels during this season. And, and so this week we're going to talk about the angel that appears to Zechariah in a call to prepare. And then next week we'll uh, look at the, uh, the angel's call to marry and uh, as a call to provide. The following week we'll look at uh, one of two of the angel appearances to Joseph. Joseph sees the angel twice in the, in the story of Jesus' birth, but also in his early young life. Uh, and that's a call to protect. On the 24th, now, you have that insert in your bulletin. Uh, I'm going to say it now, and we're going to have it on our website. It'll be in the, you just got your newsletter this week in the beacon. And so here's what the services are on the 24th. Because the 24th is the fourth Sunday of Advent. We're going to have our regular worship services on Sunday morning, the 24th. And that will be uh, the angel appearing to the shepherds, part one. So part one is to look at the way the shepherds call us to praise, the angels call us to praise. And then part two is in the evening, and we will have Christmas Eve worship services at 5, 7, and 11. All three of those will be candlelighting services. Uh, we'll have child care at 5 and 7, not at 11. Um, uh, and, and at 11 o'clock, uh, you know, the goal will be, it always seems to be the shortest service we do on Christmas Eve, but the goal is to send you out on Christmas Day. So that sermon might be longer. I don't know. I, well, an extra song. We've got to figure out some way to make it long enough uh, so that, that we're here until 12 plus a second. So we can walk out. Uh, that's one of my favorite things to do on, on Christmas Eve. I like to be the last person in the building uh, uh, to walk out at 11 o'clock. We haven't done this for several years. And so I'm looking forward to being the last one out the door uh, as we, we celebrate uh, that Christ has come. So 5, 7, 11, um, but in the morning it's 9 and 1030 as always. Uh, and so I hope that you'll plan on um, being a part of that with us. As we start this series, uh, though, we're starting with Zechariah with a, a kind of a lesser known angel appearance. Um, not everybody, we don't play this one up uh, a whole lot, but uh, it's important to the Christmas story and very important to the life of Christ. And so we want to, uh, instead of reading scripture out of uh, uh, the Bible today, um, we're going to see a, a video that's created along the lines of that same scripture from Luke 1. So let's take a look. Not saying a word, 
I'm talking complete silence. God was for over 400 years. The muteness from the creator of the universe. The one who said that Earth is but a footstool to him was about to break his silence. shall name him John. A son? You will have great joy, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He will turn many to the Lord their God. He will come with the power of Elijah. Elijah, he will prepare the people for the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children. But, but I'm an old man, my wife. I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. And it was he who sent me to give you this good news. You will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born, for what he has spoke will surely be fulfilled. begins, the ritual becomes radiant, and the faithful become fathers. When God speaks, the heavens rise and the earth bows. Hope grows where hurt was rooted. Time becomes eternity, and he leads us to holy ground that was once hollow. Yes, my friends, God is just getting started. It would be safe to say that Zechariah didn't see it coming, right? I mean, it's, it's not like it's a Hallmark movie. 
You know, the one where, where the, the woman leaves her small town and goes to become successful in the city. And, and after she has great success, her mother passes away. So she comes back to the hometown to settle mom's affairs. And that's where she runs into the, 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 the gardener, the caretaker, the, the volunteer firefighter, handyman. And he's attractive, but he's way too common. After all, she's a successful woman from the big city. But this, the love interest, is a down-to-earth guy, but he may have a secret or a dog. <laughs> and that secret draws them together, or the dog does. But at first they didn't like each other. At least she didn't like him. He's more like a dog, really a puppy, like a golden retriever. Everybody likes him, and he likes everybody. But she comes attracted to him or his dog, and then she learns about the secret. He's the divorced or widowed multimillionaire who's only doing the job of the fireman, postman, lumberjack, veterinarian, because that's what the town needed the most. And she falls in love with him, and just when it begins to snow, she kisses him, or the dog. You know, in a Hallmark movie, you could say, I saw that coming. Zechariah didn't see it coming. Didn't see it coming at all. But Zechariah, you know, he wasn't expecting an angel encounter. I mean, who encounters an angel at church? Okay, I'll give you that one. But, but, but who here, <laughs> who is past childbearing years would, would say they'd expect an angel to show up in your life and go, your wife's going to have a baby. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Didn't see that coming at all. Zechariah didn't see it coming. He wasn't prepared. Or maybe he was. Maybe he was prepared. And maybe his preparations help us to know how to be prepared this season, but every season of our life, to encounter Christ. Because let's face it, we're in the first week of December. Christmas music has been playing for about 30 days now, and, and gift buying started about 60 days before Black Friday, and every Walmart, Walgreens, and every wall and every other store is covered with Christmas decorations since the Halloween ones came down. It's not like you can be surprised that Christmas is upon us. You can't say, I didn't see it coming. And this is the first Sunday of Advent. The four Sundays leading up to the Christmas Eve services just happens, one of those happens on Christmas Eve day. And usually we have an Old Testament text that we go to that proclaims uh, the coming of Christ that we share on this uh, first Sunday of Advent. It could have been something like um, from one of the two scriptures in Isaiah, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Or in another one that says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. The story of Zechariah prepares us for a story that will come 30 years later. You see, the story of Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth is the story of the birth of John the Baptist. 
who will encourage people to be prepared for the coming of Christ. So also will his birth prepare us for the coming of Christ at Christmas. This angelic appearance, the appearance of a messenger from God, like all appearances, will soon look at this season. It's, it's not just a pronouncement of the things that God has prepared for the future, but it also includes a call to participate in what God is doing. Zechariah and his wife, Elizabeth, are given a call on their lives by God to participate in the coming Christ with the proclamation, prepare the way of the Lord, which are the very words that their son will share 30 years later as he calls on people to prepare for the coming Lord. So we're all called to prepare for the coming of Christ. And as we consider this call to prepare, we consider what, that, that it's a call to prepare for Christ to enter into our lives, but also through our lives to enter into the lives of others. As always, when, when I preach, I, I always, um, I, I'm Wesleyan. Uh, John Wesley, the founder of what is, we know as the Methodist movement, uh, Wesley would, would say that faith is meant to be um, very personal, very internal, very private, um, uh, very much a, um, a me and, and God sort of vertical relationship. But then he would say it is also meant to be deeply external, Evangelical, relational, missional. That, that, that horizontal sense of our relationship. So it's the vertical and the horizontal. Kind of like a cross. So as we look at, at, at this story, a call to prepare is a call to be like Zechariah. In that internal sense. To first live your faith every day. Live it out. Now, Zechariah had it as his job. Zechariah was um, one of uh, a, a group um, of priests. In, in that day, um, uh, there was a group that, that by their family, they became priests. It was, they her, inherited the job. And the family business was to be a priest. Now, he wasn't always in Jerusalem. For the most part, Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth lived in a town somewhere near Nazareth, where Mary was. We don't know the name of the town that they lived in. It was far enough that Mary could get away for a while, which she did in that story, but, but close enough that she could walk there. And, and, and Zechariah would have had responsibility in the synagogue in, in that area to be one of the priests, one of the teachers, to share what, what God's word was on a regular basis. But even though that's not the task, and even though you don't have the task to, to, to be a, a religious worker, every one of us has the task as followers of Jesus Christ to, to be familiar with the word of God and able to share it, to make that a part of our everyday life. And then, and then to serve in the way that God has called you. Like I said, in those days, uh, Zechariah's tribe were the priests, and, and he, would, he would serve in his town uh, uh, during 50, 
weeks of the year, but, but two weeks, he would have responsibility with his other priests of his group to go to Jerusalem and to serve in the temple. And, and each year, one of them would be selected to go into the holy place inside the temple where they had candles burning all the time and, the, and they had incense burning all the time. That's what he was carrying in that video. He, as he went into there, he had incense to put on the fire to keep it burning all the time. God has called you to serve in some way. To make that connection with God in the way that you live out your faith life as you serve him. And what I know is that, that, that when, you, when you find the right place, when you connect in the right way with God through, through service, you have this deep sense within yourself that you're doing what God has led you to do. And I believe that's proof that God has a place for you and a need for you in his plan for the world's salvation. The third thing I see about Zechariah's life is that we need to put ourselves in the right place. He put himself in the right place to be in the temple as he was called to be and when not in the temple to be in the, his leadership in his church and in, in whatever way he, he lived that out, but to be in a place where he could encounter God. And yes, I think that can happen in church. I hope that can happen in church, but I think also it happens in other places. I mean, people talk about go to your happy place. <laughs> what is your happy place, spiritually speaking? Is it a beach? Is it a, a retreat home? Or, 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 or maybe, it, maybe it's not a particular location, but your place is with, with family. Or, or, or your place is with friends, a particular set of friends who help you and encourage you in your faith. How are you going to hear the call if you don't put yourself in a place where it can happen. But the, the, the call to prepare is uh, to also be like Zechariah's son, John the Baptist. John the Baptist, was, he was unafraid, so you should be unafraid to share your faith. There's that, that one scripture that Jesus says that nobody lights a candle and then hides it under a bushel, Right? We're called to, to, to be the light to the world, to be open with sharing it. I, I was speaking with, uh, before the first service this morning, um, some church members told me a story that, that they, were, they were sitting in Panera. Uh, I don't know which meal, but um, they were sitting in Panera, and somebody came up to them and said, do you guys have a church? And I presume that, that they had all been in Panera at the same time uh, several times. And so, I don't know, there was maybe some recognition there. But nevertheless, this was a member of another church who came up and asked. She was unafraid to share her faith. And in sharing her faith, it was a simple invitation. That's why we gave you this card. That's what, what Beth said in the announcements. That's why we gave you this card, a simple way to invite somebody to faith. It's to say, here are the many things that are going on. That Christmas concert, which is always packed, and our, our Christmas Eve worship services. Give that to someone. Be unafraid to share your faith, to show your faith, but also to speak it. 
Be unafraid to speak your faith. You know, there's a, a, a passage of Scripture that's all, often relegated to, um, to, to particularly about uh, salvation. But, but I think it could be more than that. I, I think it's meant to, be, to understand how you regularly live your life. Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there's that moment in, in your life where you declare, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and you're saved. But it's also meant to be a proclamation that you share regularly. Not like the candle with the bushel. You put the bushel over your head and say, Jesus is Lord. But rather that you're, you're willing to be open about your faith, to share it with others. And when you do, it, it, the, the last part of this is be assured that you will be used by God to transform someone's heart, to change a life. You'll be what someone needed when they needed it. A couple of weeks ago, the youth choir was uh, rehearsing on a Sunday morning up here, uh, preparing to, uh, to sing for the 9 o'clock service. And um, after they were done rehearsing, I came up and I talked to him for a minute. I said, I, I, I need you to know this. You're not up here to perform for mom and dad. They'll, they'll be here to video it. That's not why you're here. You're not up here to perform for anybody. You're up here to lead people to God. And there's going to be somebody that comes to this worship service that, that it's, it's not the preacher's words and it's not the scripture it's not whatever we put up on video, and it's not a particular song that we sing, but it is the moment when you're up here singing that someone says, oh, I needed that. I saw God in that. We say as, as a church that our mission is to, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, and transformation begins with each individual heart. And if we see our, our responsibility to share the Christ with the world, we'll find ourselves transforming hearts, that your words will speak into the lives of people and transform them if you're unafraid. Life isn't some Hallmark movie. It's, it's more likely in life that you'll say, I didn't see that coming than I should have seen that coming. However, I think if you prepare your life, especially your faith life, if you prepare yourself for Christ to show up, I think, especially in this season, Christ will come again. Amen and amen.